the, the book, it starts off describing sort of how we're born in, in a hypnotic state. We don't have that consciousness yet. Then the, the ego forms. That's our consciousness. Now, the ego is really important because everyone's talking about it's a bad thing. It's a bad thing. Here's the thing, though. If you don't have an ego, then you're not conscious. And if you're not conscious, that means you're completely unconscious. And we don't want to be completely unconscious. We want to be in a balanced place between um, the two kind of worlds, that, that more conscious world, everything you're aware of, and then the unknown, things that come to you, things that you're not aware of, things that happen outside of you that, were, that you weren't expecting, in a sense. Hi guys, welcome back to Normalize the Conversation. My name is Francesca and today I'm here with Joseph, the host of the Humble You podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, thank you so much. So excited to flip roles as I was, uh, I had you on my podcast and I got to your story. It was a great story and now I'm happy to be on yours to share a little of my information, my story and some insights that I learned along the way. Thank you. And I loved being on your podcast. Your podcast is so inspiring. Why did you start your podcast? You know, it was it was coronavirus that got everything going for me with Humble You Media. I was doing Humble You coaching, so just coaching. And then I got into the media aspect, which ties back to where I started, which was in media as a TV weatherman. Um, but But yeah, you know, it was just this idea through COVID to try to get online, get myself connected to other like-minded individuals, and then, um, you know, let people tell their stories because I feel like people's stories are so powerful for other people to hear how somebody went from, you know, a lower spot in life, a darker spot in life, and were able to transform to another place because I was able to do it. There's only so much I could say. And to hear it over and over again, every week, someone else just pushing through, I think it's so powerful. Um, and I, you know, again, real quickly, going back to where I, I used to work, I, I felt like I could tie that in um, a little bit of what I used to do into the coaching and it made it fun. So it's, uh, I don't make any money off of it. It's nothing in, in that aspect. It really is just a space for people to share their story and for others to hear it. I absolutely love that because it's so important. And that's one of the reasons I started this series was to not only have professionals on and talk about how like therapy for stress management or navigating anxiety attacks, but also for other people who have gone through it, who've been in those dark times to amplify their voices so their stories can be heard because there's so much value in knowing you're not alone. I think a lot of times when we're struggling and we're going through these dark times, we really do feel completely alone. And to hear other people's stories and to consistently hear other people's stories, not just once, not just twice, but every week, two, twice a week, three times a week from all the amazing people who are sharing stories and creating these platforms, it really helps reassure that we're not alone. Yeah. And it's difficult to see this work because it's invisible. You know, you could see someone lose weight. You could see somebody going to the gym and building muscle, but you can't see what's going on mental. Um, so it's, it's good to have that story told over and over. So, um, you know, that proof kind of filters into consciousness, hopefully. That's so true. We can't, we can't see the work. You can't see. It's an invisible illness too, when you're struggling. So you can't see when someone's struggling and you don't see all the work it takes to get out of it. So for mm. people to share their stories and have a place to share their stories makes such a difference. So thank you on behalf of everyone out there for 
being one of those people who creates a plant, a platform to amplify voices. It's absolutely amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And then thank you for all you do. There's not many people that can celebrate other people or want to help other people because we're so worried about ourselves in a sense. Um, but, uh, you know, it takes a special person that, that truly has their self that isn't looking to compete, that isn't looking to win anything or conquer anything. Someone that's just here to, to experience. Um, so it's a, it's a pleasure to meet you. Likewise, it really is absolutely amazing to find people who just want to help people. Mm. And I think the mental health community has a lot of those people who just want to help others be the best version of themselves and get through those dark times. I just, I think it's absolutely incredible. So on your podcast, what are some of your favorite conversations that you've gotten to have? Besides yours? (laughs) (laughs) That's a loaded question. (laughs) Um, you know, listen, every conversation is, this is, this is the truth. And I'm not just being nice. Every conversation has something in it that, that, you know, either shocks me or that I wasn't expecting in a sense, or that I learned from, um, every, and it's so cool to see everyone's story. And then there's also these patterns that I'm noticing through everyone's story. So doing all these interviews, I've already done I'm, I'm coming up on 50 episodes and I started in May of 2020. I'm sorry, in June of 2020. So, um, you know, just seeing all these patterns in the stories or some similarities that's really helping me with my book that I'm working on helping me, you know, even with clients, you know, I'm just learning so much. And then I could point clients to episodes. So I could be like, hey, go check out this episode. We were just talking about this. Um, and then the other thing, which is really, really cool is if I'm working with somebody that wants to work on anxieties, I could do a role play with them. So we'll do a live and I'll act like we're on the podcast. And I even had some people go on the podcast, but, uh, you know, act like we're on the podcast and just kind of speak and, and, and get out of their skin a little bit. And you could see them, they start, they start getting out of their skin. I'm recording it. And then I send it to them and say, Hey, like, look at yourself. Like you have this in you. Um, and I think it's just really powerful to, um, to have that platform in a sense to, to be able to do fun little things like that. You are so amazing. I love that with the anxiety and recording it because it's so different when someone's telling you how much you've come out of your shell and how much you've opened up and when you can actually see it for yourself and see the moment where things start to turn, where you start to get more comfortable Mm. and see yourself in a different light. That is absolutely amazing. And it's so true that every conversation always has this amazing new perspective of something you never thought of. I had this one conversation with this amazing girl, Annie, who talked about ADHD and anxiety. And she said, um, and I quote, quote it all the time. So I always have to give her credit, Hmm. but when you go to the eye doctor or you go to the dentist, like no one judges you for that. It's preventative. It's if you need glasses, if you need, um, braces, that's all something extra to help you become the best version of yourself or just give you that little bit of aid that you might need. But if we go to a therapist or we get medication for our mental health, it's suddenly a problem. So why is it so different? And I think that has totally stuck with me. And I learned so much from these episodes. So it's absolutely amazing to get to talk to different people. And one thing I love about yours is the way you close it with those questions. And you get to hear everyone's different thoughts about the mind-body connection and about who they would love to meet with. And you just get to 
learned so much about different perspectives and opinions because everybody explains it differently. Even if they're thinking about it the same way, they have a completely different way of explaining it. Mm-hmm. And it's just so incredible. Yeah. And experience is so important. Um, you know, just learning through experience is, is just important. And, you know, there's some things in science that you can't teach and then experience teaches you. And to hear it from other people, um, you may have a similar experience. It just feels really good to hear it from someone else. And it's like, oh, wow, I'm not crazy or, you know, I'm not losing it or whatever it is or, or you know, I'm not alone kind of what we we're talking about, feeling alone. So it gives another, uh, you know, another way for others to to feel like they're not alone in a sense. Exactly. And earlier you mentioned your book. Can you tell us more about that? <laughs> so this book is uh, – I wasn't planning on this. It kind of was thrown on me. I, I didn't realize it, but this book is based off of the unconscious mind. And what was going on through my journey was I was feeling like a spirit in me and I thought it was Christianity. I went in there and then I got out of there. And then when I got into my mind, I started noticing that same spirit that I felt um, before Christianity. And then when I was in it, when I felt like, you know, I thought there was like some kind of spirit like in church or, or wherever, like I just felt this spirit, but then it faded away. And then I felt it again when I was doing my psychology work and I was noticing, like, you know, there was something here. And the more that I kind of embraced it and, 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 and fixed my, not fixed, but um, healed my, my mind doing a lot of, of, of inner work, a lot of inner work, a lot of solitude. Through that, I noticed the spirit kind of in me started not speaking like, hello, good to see you, but I was getting a lot of downloads in a sense, like a lot of information was coming to me that I've never seen. And it was really an interesting thing. And I've just felt the spirit within. And I see a lot of the ancients talk about that spirit. A lot of people talk about, you know, things coming to them from the unknown and, and feeling like they got downloads or connected to this and that. So I wanted to write a book to describe my experience with the unconscious mind did. Is, and then get into a way where people can also see it in their self and start to build a little bit of a discipline um, and, a, and, and a new kind of spirituality in the sense of, of keeping you um, at hand instead of looking outside for the spirit or the gods. It's more or less in you and it's more of a within um, kind of journey in a sense. Um, so so the, the, the book, it starts off describing sort of how we're born in, in a hypnotic state. We don't have that consciousness yet. Then the, the ego forms, that's our consciousness. Now the ego is really important because everyone's talking about it's a bad thing, it's a bad thing. Here's the thing though, if you don't have an ego, then you're not conscious. And if you're not conscious, that means you're completely unconscious. And we don't want to, we don't want to be completely unconscious. We want to be in a balanced place between um, the two kind of worlds, that, that more conscious world, everything you're aware of, and then the unknown, things that come to you, things that you're not aware of, things that happen outside of you that, were, that you weren't expecting in a sense. So, um, you know, I like to explain people that that ego is really important to, to notice within you. That's the judgment. Whenever you're judging something, that's that ego in the way. And then there's that higher self, that true self, that you, the unconscious spirit is, is what I'm kind of calling it. Um, and then I go into what's happened to the ego, like our modern ego and how values have been misplaced and they're thrown into governments and they're thrown into isms and they're thrown all over the place because the true values aren't there anymore. And then explaining the unconscious is, is kind of the next process going into that, a new self-order and then ending with that spiritualized you, which is just trying to get people, um, you know, to focus on their inner world and take their self serious and make it a great work. That's a, it's a big thing. Make it something exciting, not some daunting task that you have ahead, um, something that, that you could personalize. 
I absolutely love that book and I cannot wait to read it. Do you know when it comes out? I don't know exactly when it comes out yet because I'm talking to a couple of publishers. I'm trying to figure out exactly what I want to do. I might just self-publish it. Um, I'm not sure though, because over this period, you know, when I came out back this, this summer on, on Instagram and started my account, I didn't know anyone, you know, I didn't have like many friends because I really pulled away after my TV work. And, you know, I thought, when I started writing this book at first, I was just going to um, get try to get a publisher. But then as I grew the page and I have a couple more followers now, I'm like, maybe I should just self-publish this because I've done a lot of work to make a lot of connections. And, and I feel like, you know, why give someone else, uh, you know, a, a certain percentage of something that I'm working very hard on and I really care about, like, I'm not just writing it to make money or anything. I'm truly writing it to be able to inspire people to take, you know, life in their own hands and, and stop being dependent um, on others to provide them that love and that care and that respect. So, um, yeah, I'm not sure exactly when, but it looks like it's going to be later this year. I would say the end of the year, but it could be 10 years from now, you know? <laughs> well, you'll have to keep me updated on when it comes out because yeah. I am super excited for this. And but when you're talking about like the unconscious mind and all this information coming to you, how did you process that? Was it overwhelming? What were your thoughts as you were downloading all this information? How did you really separate it out and process it and realize that it was the unconscious mind? I was realizing it was when it was coming. So it was coming when I was very either peaceful. So when I was playing the piano, which I started implementing into my life, because I noticed that I was very disoriented, I was all over the place mentally. So I had to calm things down. I started playing piano, doing puzzles, put myself in the situations so I could train myself to learn these new processes, because I was realizing that the brain, the way that it is, is it's, it's like a neural network, right? So you know, it's firing, it's wiring. And if it's firing and wiring, that means that things aren't hardwired. And that got me really excited. I started making changes. I saw the changes were working. And I just, uh, once you get a little bit of a taste of a change that you did in your, in your mind, like mentally, it's like, it's, it's like a drug. You just want to keep, uh, you know, exploring more and seeing how much more you can, you can do. And, and, and that's why I call it the great work because it's, it's invisible, but you can actually do some work to yourself to change yourself. You hear people say all the time, like you can't change. No one ever changes, but I've seen people change. I've seen people get off drugs that they've been on mentally for years just by changing a couple things a little bit on their diet doing some breathing exercises and really getting meditation in um so back to the downloads what was going on is so when i was meditating when i was calm when i was peaceful when i was walking in nature and that was the big thing my my solo walks and solitude walks in nature were unbelievable and it was like a rush sometimes and it was i would get goosebumps and it was it was it was not high level information like woo woo stuff like that you hear people talk about. It wasn't like you're in the matrix and this is this. It was more or less just like these file downloads where it just felt like I had a lot more knowing, but I didn't know any of this. Like I never read any of this stuff. I didn't know any of this stuff, but I knew it somehow now. And then, you know, through that, it was just like the more I began, began to, to form a relationship with it and saw it sort of like, you know, my soul or my, or my spirit, you know, however you want to look at it. Um, it just felt like the more that I gave it that attention, the more it was showing me and teaching me and helping me. And it was like I self-helped myself through myself and healed myself. 
And that's the story that I want to tell and, and not give people my way on how it worked, like the puzzles and all that and going with it, but giving them the framework, what to look for, how to apply some of these principles so then they can, they can give it a go because, um, you know, the, the, the real factor of why I'm writing this book is after I, you know, had this experience, I was doing psychology work, I didn't notice that Jung had the same experience later on in his works, his later works that no one ever reads. And, you know, to see him, him having this experience as a scientist, a, a famed scientist, and then myself having those similar experiences, what we were speaking on earlier, like the podcast, when you hear it, it's like, wait a second, there's something going on here. Um, and then, you know, through the podcast, I've had so many, almost every single guest tell me they've had some kind of experience where they notice something coming to them. They don't know what it is. They can't explain it. So, um, you know, for me, I'm going to go with it, try to keep it as non-religious as possible. You know, it's not dogma. It's kind of your own personal thing. I absolutely am just so amazed by you. I could listen to you talk about this forever. (laughs) Like I really could. It's so interesting. And I've never looked at it that way about our unconscious mind and how, like, even when I go for like meditational walks in nature to just connect with the world, you do start to realize more about yourself. Like all of a sudden you just understand things in a different way. I think that's really amazing how you were able to piece that with feeling at peace and the unconscious mind coming to you during those times and giving you those downloads. And it is, it can be very healing if you process it and open yourself up to it. Mm -hmm. So I'm so excited for this book. And the crazy thing is like, right when I left TV, I went, I started going to church, you know, I I was feeling like a spirit. I went once with a reporter from the station. And then once I left, I kept going and I felt like this spirit, but then it started fading. I saw some things that I don't even want to, there's no point to get into it. Um, But it was that same exact spirit that I felt once I started doing like my bike rides and walks in nature and the puzzles and music, it was that same spirit I felt. So for me, I was like, Whoa, this is religious and I'm not doing anything religious here. Something's going on. And it was so exciting. It was like this solo journey. No one ever taught me anything. And that's what I really liked about it was that, that I wasn't being directed anywhere. I was just following what felt right. And I think that's what people need to start focusing on is, is what's right for you. We're all so different. And I saw something, uh, I forget who wrote it, but it's a quote about following someone's example. It's like, Hey, if you're following someone's example, that means you're an example and you're not being yourself. Um, And it's, and it's, and it's, and, and you want to follow examples, maybe out of inspiration, but not follow it to a T, you know, so it's a tricky little balance there. But, um, and it probably sounds to, to a lot of people that we're talking about some goofy stuff here. <laughs> so hopefully I don't scare you away. Um, you know, this is, again, a scientist, a psychologist specifically um, spoke a lot about this, this kind of work and, and, and that unconscious. And if you think about life, think about energy, everything's two, everything has a plus and minus, you know, it can't be a light without a dark. There can't be a win without a loss. And it's the same thing with the mind. There can't be a conscious without the unconscious. I absolutely just, I love the way you explain it because a lot of people don't understand this. This is a topic that's very new. Some people find it out there. Some people aren't, just haven't heard much about it. And when you talk about energy, you talk about the unconscious mind, you talk about spirituality in a way where you're connecting to the universe or whatever you call it. Mm-hmm. Some people call it God, some people call it the universe. It really depends on each person, but how you use that to find the right path for you. 
is so important because there is not one path. There's not one path that works. Just because somebody else did a strict therapy medication for anxiety doesn't mean that's going to work for you. You might find different coping mechanisms work better or work better in tangent. Um, When it comes to a diet, some people use a fad diet, might go vegan or vegetarian or there's so many, but take a fad diet and that might work great for them, but it might not work for you. You might feel your body lacks energy. Your body might just react differently. Our bodies, our minds react differently. Every single person is different. So listening to your unconscious mind and processing it in a way that helps you figure out your right path is so, so important. And I just, I can't wait for your book because I think it's going to help a lot of people. Yeah. And it's tough because like I could have went further with psychology and, and, and really dove into that. But I was starting to notice in my work that in psychology, it's really easy to put people into boxes. So you hear something, a couple terms, and then you put them in a box again, everything's invisible. So you have to, you have to lay a structure down. So I do understand it. But I also understand there's a lot more dynamics to the psyche. And there's a lot more connection with the mind and body, obviously, that we're starting to learn. So if you're just going to focus on the psychology and put people in the boxes, you're going to miss the whole point. And, you know, a lot of traumas are tied to the body. Sometimes somebody gets touched on the shoulder that reminds them of, a, of something that happened earlier on in their childhood. And that exact signature, we'll call it, of a memory that's attached to the body and that kind of motion can trigger up an entire thought and emotional um, reaction that, that, could, that could hurt somebody and put somebody down a bad path. Um, and, and if you're not focusing on the body and you're just focusing here, uh, then you're missing the point. Another thing with just focusing up here is you're forgetting the true place of, of where wisdom is. And I think that's the heart. Um, the heart is so wise. And if you can, if you notice yourself always thinking, you're overthinking, you just got to connect back to your heart. So try to keep those two uh, in balance. And, it, and it's good to, and it's also, you know, sometimes some people are, are too much in their heart. So you're feeling too much and you got to start thinking a little bit. So I think it's really important. And, and these are simple principles. Just think about just think about that. If you're thinking too much, put more heart into things. If you're too, uh, you know, if your feelings and emotions are out of control, try to rationalize things with your mind. Um, simple little tricks like that can really help you in life. And, uh, um, you know, that balance is, is, is really key to, to clarity. That's so true. I think a lot of people go through that where our emotions are out of control and we don't know how to rationalize it and process it in a way that helps us understand it and move forward. And sometimes we think too much and we don't allow ourselves time to feel. Mm. So making sure we use them together. And a lot of times you're right with psychology really does put us in boxes. And I think that's really what happened in this world with the stigma around mental health and around having emotions and feelings and expressing yourself that if you show signs of anxiety or depression or OCD or ADHD or anything, even if it's just symptoms and it's not an actual disorder, you kind of get put into a box Mm. because society doesn't understand. And instead of trying to understand the person as a whole and understand their trauma, their past, who they are and what makes them, we kind of just lock them in a box so that we can understand it instead of trying to actually understand it. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you a funny little story. I never told this story before. Hopefully it doesn't get me in trouble. So I saw a neurologist once and I wanted to go in and act like I had ADHD to see if he would write me a prescription. So I went in, I faked everything and he wrote me the prescription. Now I didn't go back. I didn't fill the prescription, 
but it was just to see how easy it was. And it was so easy to get drugs. Um, I was actually shocked um, because he said, oh, looking at your results. And, you know, there was no way that, that, that there was, you know, those results were, were showing. I was able to sit and play piano for eight hours straight. So if I ADD and I could do that, that's, that's out of control. Um, so, so, yeah, you know, just a, just a simple thing like that, you know, and it's, and it's tough because, you know, you do need medicine. Some people do need medicine. Um, and there's a lot of conditions where, you know, the, the, the chemicals are imbalanced and, and you need that little bit of a boost, but there also is a lot of power within you. And if it's, you know, if it's just written off and kind of thrown out and thank you for the, thank you for the copay, have a great week. We'll talk again. Uh, for me, that's just not the way that I want things to go. It just doesn't feel like that's the, that's the right path. I think the right path is for us, unfortunately, to do a little bit of tough work with ourselves and put ourselves, you know, through it. You've been through it. It's not easy. But at the end of the road, it's worth every second. Exactly. And that's something that I'm so passionate about is the way the mental health system is where there's not enough due diligence. Yeah. We go straight to diagnosing and throwing medication. And a lot of times we don't even check to figure out the right medication. We just trial and error. Yeah. Well, think I feel like there's a much oh, better way we could go about it. My little brother had ADHD and or has ADHD and it took almost a decade to find him the right medicine. He would go through periods of time where he didn't eat anything at all. And he got super thin hmm. through periods of time where he was so angry and would just like scream all the time and hit everything Yeah, because they couldn't find the right medicine. And instead of taking the time and I'm not a psychologist, I'm not a neurologist. I can't say that there's definitely a way to figure out the right medication, but there has to be a better way than a trial and error. And I think we just, write off mental health too quickly. And we look at it and we say, well, most people, this medication works. So we're going to try this instead of looking at the person as a whole and mm. taking an approach of what have you gone through? What, um, what experiences make you, what defines who you are and even something with a chemical imbalance in your brain, they have EEGs and neurofeedback therapy, biofeedback therapy that can really help understand your brain before just throwing medication at it, or at least finding the right medication for it if medication is needed and wanted. Mm -hmm. And I don't think we do that. And it's something that makes me so mad because not only is it a lot of money wasted, it's a lot of time and energy and effort to not feel better. And a lot of people give up because if nothing's working, why should they keep trying? Yes. And yes. it's just heartbreaking. And, it, and it, I think it takes the power away from children, to be honest with you. I've worked, my first job uh, was with working with autism, ADHD children, ADHD children. Um, it was a sleepaway camp and it was great. They were there for weeks with us. So we put them through a nice little, but it was unbelievable to see how many at a young age, a young age were, were taking heavy doses of Ritalin and Adderall. Um, it was it was quite shocking. Even the nurse, you know, I talked to her a few times and she was like, I can't you know, it, it, it really is unbelievable. Some of these doses and and you could see the you could see the difference. You know, it wasn't really helping them. It was like just a band aid. It was just sedating for the moment. Um, and 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 it was really sad. It was really, really sad to, to see. And the thing is, you know, I understand that children are restless sometimes, but you don't want to ruin that spirit as a parent, because if they grow up and they don't have that spirit anymore, then, you know, life can be really dark. 
Um, so, so you want to, you want to, if, if they are out of control, if it's, if there's a lot of energy moving around, you just want to put it towards things, you know, that help them put it towards something that, that'll help them and, and try to lay a structure down so they can order things a little bit better. Um, you don't want to, you don't want to cut off that spirit though, because that's what happens with the drugs. You lose the spirit and then things just fade away and it's like mashed potatoes. Um, you know, we want, we want some, some, and everyone, everyone has that power within to be able to, I think, to be able to, you know, calm things down, teach them breathing, teach a little bit of breathing and meditation in schools. If we did that, I guarantee you in a generation or two, the drugs will be down 50%, if not more. Yeah, I think they go straight to medication sometimes too early with kids who are showing signs of ADHD and not realizing that sometimes a kid is just restless and doesn't want to do their homework, doesn't want to sit in class and listen to a teacher lecture. It doesn't necessarily mean they have ADHD. It just means maybe they're bored. Yeah. So you're sitting in class, you're bored because the system's outdated. They haven't upgraded it in years, like I think a hundred. I don't know. They haven't upgraded the education system um, in quite some time, like a true upgrade. Um, and, and the kids are bored in class and then they act up. So then the teacher says they might have a learning disability and then they're told they might have a learning disability. Then they think that they have a learning disability. And then when you start thinking you have something you start believing it. That's all it takes, you know, and it's really sad. That's, that's the process for a lot of children. And it's, and it's, it's just misdirected. And, and we got to get to a place where we call it out and, and we start changing. I completely agree. And I just know, like, again, watching my little brother go through it and he does have ADHD, but just the amount of time it took to find him the right medicine to get him the help that he needed and during that time, no one taught him coping mechanisms. No one taught him how to breathe or calm down in a moment where maybe he didn't have his medicine with him and his medicine was wearing off. And I remember in school, he had to go take his afternoon dose during the day. And if a teacher wouldn't let him out of the classroom to get it, he didn't know how to calm him to keep himself calm. Yeah. And the medicine, it wore off all of a sudden. It just snapped where his brain went from being almost like a mummy. He would be like the most silent just down quiet child to this overburst of energy, mm. this energy that was suppressed all day from the medication. And then no one ever taught him breathing techniques or meditation or anything to just help him get through those moments where he had that sudden burst of energy before he could get to his afternoon dose. He'd get kicked out of class. Mm-hmm. So now you're forcing kids to miss class, telling them something's wrong with them because you're not allowing them to get the medication or help that they need. And you're not giving them the tools that they need if that medication is not available at that time. Mm, that's it. It's just a broken system. Yeah. 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 That's, uh, you know, that's, so uh, it's, it's just, it's really sad. It really is sad, but I think that people are going to, are going to see through it. I think a lot of people are starting to notice the power of breathing, especially here in the West. Like we had no idea like 20 years ago, maybe uh, 30 years ago, we, we weren't, we didn't really have this, this, this thought process, but that, that uh, more meditative thought process is starting to filter in. And I think it's really powerful because people are seeing the changes that are possible um, by doing some of these things and, and doing a little body work and a little yoga, a little bit here and there. Um, and, and you'll shape yourself into a new human being. Exactly. And this is one of the reasons I'm so excited about your book to come out and for people to get to learn more about connecting with themselves the unconscious mind and understanding themselves in a different way instead of going straight to what's wrong with me and what outside 
tools and resources can I use when a lot of times you can rely on yourself in a way and not saying that medication is not bad is bad because medication can be needed and be so so helpful Mm -hmm. but it's not the only solution and if you're someone who doesn't like medication or doesn't react well to it there are so many other options out there and resources and tools and I don't think a lot of people know about them yeah and I think your book is going to be one of those amazing tools that really help people Thank you. Yeah. Another thing with the book is there's a lot of these ancient philosophies like Kundalini, ancient philosophies um, uh, like the the hermetic laws, where they were just psychological, if you think about it. They didn't have any knowledge on science. They didn't have much knowledge on the outer, but they knew a lot about the inner. But they spoke in these terms because they didn't understand things. So they have all these different symbols. But then if you widen the view and you start looking at all these ancients and you start seeing the, the, the similarities that they were speaking of, even though they had completely different symbols, this meant that, this meant that, but they both mean this sort of same general principle. Now you put it in today's terms and you put it into a book, I think people will start to see you know, what I'm trying to do in a sense is trying to modernize some of these ancient principles so they're applicable um, for, for today's times because a lot of those times were for those times. Uh, they just need a little bit of an upgrade in a sense and, and a new way to see it. Uh, so that's, that, you know, that's another huge portion of at least the research for the book. I think that is going to be so helpful because – When it comes to philosophy, a lot of times these ideas are so, so helpful and so amazing, but they are so outdated. And we don't take them and apply them to today's world in modern times. We kind of just look at them in the time they were written. (laughs) And I think this is going to be something that's just absolutely incredible. (laughs) I'm like thinking like how, you know, in some of the older texts, it's like thou art shall, like all these big words that you never heard before. And you're like, what does that mean? What is going on here? Um, But yeah, no, exactly. And and that's, it's, I hope people can see the the power in it. I think they will. Um, But you never know because it's, it's tough times. And there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of blackness out there with the, uh, with the coronavirus. A lot of people are getting, you know, it's squeezed money financially and it's really difficult difficult to, to take yourself serious when your when your needs are at such a lower level now. Now, if you're not feeling secure, if you're not, if you, if you need to put food on your plate, you're not going to be looking inside yourself. Like your focus is going to be elsewhere. Um, so that's another difficult thing is, 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 you know, there's a hierarchy of needs and the highest point is that self-actualization, which is kind of what I'm talking about. But if you don't have the food and you don't have the security and some of the other needs, um, you know, we can't, you, it's, it's tough to get there. And, and I understand that. I completely understand that. I've been in a place where I didn't have, you know, where, where every week, you know, financials weren't, were, were on my mind and, you know, stuff like that. I understand what that feels like. It's really difficult to live in a spiritual or a calm and peaceful way. But, um, you know, that's why I tell people, where, like, let's see where you're at. Let's see where you got to focus on. Because if you're trying to focus on self-actualizing yourself, but you got all these fears and worries about security, um, then we got to start at the ground and then we'll build our way back up. So, um, you know, I think it's just really important to, to note on that with what's going on outside in the world. Yes. Thank you so much for bringing that up because I don't think we talk about that enough when it comes to, um, mental health as a whole and mental wellness. Maslow's hierarchy of needs is so important. If you don't have that security, that safety, you don't have the foundation. And it's okay if you don't, but that's where we need to start and focus because, everything that comes after that is built upon that. Mm. 
Mm. It's like math. You got to get the basics down. You got to learn how to add before you could start times and things before you could start integrating things and getting into the crazy uh, future predictions with some of the calculations and calculus, but you got to start at the ground level and you got to make sure that ground level is right. Now, if you think one plus one is three, then you're going to be messed up when you're back up in the, in the advanced places in life, you know? So you got to make sure. And that's why I try to tell people like number one, step number one, if you're confused, if you're in a place, you got to get inside yourself and you got to start sorting things out and, and, try to empty out things so you can start fresh and start new and, and make sure that that ground's right. Um, because it's like soil. If that soil is tainted and you're throwing these beautiful little seeds in it, they're not going to fully blossom. So you got to tend to the soil before you can even start anything. And I think it's really important, um, you know, to focus on things like that because we're always looking ahead um, when sometimes you just got to focus what's on uh, the plate right now. Exactly. And Again, I am just so excited that you joined me today because I could listen to you talk forever. You are just absolutely <laughs> incredible. And please, please make sure to let me know when your book comes out because I cannot wait to read it. Oh, yeah. I'll send you a copy. No worries. I want a signed copy. <laughs> signed copy. I used to sign autographs when I was on TV. I thought it was crazy. Um, uh, I'll sign you a copy, though. I'll write you thank a nice you. little note. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. And thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure, just like last time. Uh, you're a wonderful soul. Truly, I'm grateful for you.